Good morning, world. It is time for another episode of the Uncharted podcast. It is officially March, which means it is International Women's Month. This past week was International Women's Day, which is one of my favorite international holidays because it really gives me personally a time to sit back and reflect on all the women in my life who have carried me through, built me up, sponsored me, mentored me, and really just shown me the way. One of the areas in my life where I feel most proud of is the female relationships and friendships in my life that I've been able to build really since I was in my childhood. I believe that these relationships are so crucial to women's success and overall happiness in life. And to be honest, I just don't think we can get through without one another. So this week, I brought on one of my best friends in the whole world to talk not only about her own career path, but about the female relationships that she has had both in friendships and her career that have really made her life whole. I hope you'll join us this week and really think about how you yourself can harness those relationships that are already in your life and focus on building some new ones. Let's get started. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. You are officially on the Uncharted podcast. Whoop, whoop. All right, everyone, we have Liza Layton. Do you know on my paper I actually wrote Liza White? It's a little, it's been a while. Yeah, Liza White. 15 whole months. Liza Layton on the line, calling from Edenton, North Carolina. How is it in Edenton today? It's kind of overcast and a little chilly. Mm, that's what it is in Florida, too. I'm not really sure what this is all about. Yeah, the groundhog sure didn't lie this year. Oh, what did, did he say? More winter? He did. Oh, pay attention. And well, we sure had it here. Well, Florida's either, um, it looks like pollen threw up everywhere or it like <laughs> drops to 50 degrees. I don't understand. Or it looks like fall. That's like a weird thing here that it, um, the leaves fall every day. I don't really understand that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a bug thing. But huh. anywho... To introduce you to people and who you are, I do this for everyone. I love to tell, like, the how we met stories. So Liza and I go way back, like, nine years now, which is crazy. Yeah. (laughs) All the way to college, we actually were, we were really good friends with the same people for a couple months, but our paths never crossed despite them saying, like, oh, you guys would be great friends. And then... We joined the same sorority, ended up kind of conveniently living like right next to each other. So we are good partners to go to events. And then throughout college, I like to think we became such good friends because we kind of evolved and figured out who we are as individuals kind of in the same life path. We were both kind of like becoming really comfortable with who we are. We were raised with very, very similar values. We had some rough patches early on in our (laughs) friendship. fight it out but now we're pretty much inseparable even though we live 700 miles apart and if you are a Grey's Anatomy fan Liza is very much my person there's anything going on in my life any decision I'm about to make anything I'm contemplating Liza's a person who always knows first and usually has to deal with where my crazy brain is going (laughs) and probably encourages you to just dance it out a little bit exactly 30 second dance parties or calm the f down (laughs) it will be okay but you need friends like that in life yeah for sure they help keep you grounded keep you grounded keep you sane and remind you that your crazy ideas actually aren't that crazy you know you're very capable to do anything you want Mm -hmm. and that idea of friendship is something that I actually want to really get into this episode not yet but later because this week it was International Women's Day which is one of my favorite holidays of the year 
it is International Women's Month. So the entire month of March is to celebrate women and girls around the world. And when I first started this podcast, and, and even long before that, the number one thing that I hear from women when I talk to them is this desire for friendship and community. And how do you create friendships after college when you're no longer living like right next to each other and all that. So We'll definitely get into that. But first, I want to talk more about you, Liza, and let people get to know kind of who you are, what you're doing, how you got there. Yeah. So I actually am from Edenton, where I live, and decided to come back here after college. And during that transition, I met this nice fella (laughs) and decided that I would love to spend my life with him. So John and I got married December of 2016. So we've been married a little over a year and it's been a really fun adventure. We've been through a lot together with different job changes for me and me trying to figure out my passions. Um, He's a farmer, so he kind of knew what he wanted to do. He's been doing it his whole life. He's a fifth generation. So he, not that he didn't have a choice, but he kind of knew his destiny before he embarked on a, a journey through college and knew what he was coming home to. Me, on the other hand, not so much. <laughs> so um, I think that's a fun part of our story. He's kind of helped me figure out who I am and who I want to be and has been really supportive throughout. So no children for us yet. But we do have a, uh, a sweet, large, black lab Rocky. Who's basically your child. Yeah, so I just ate, I went on a run this morning and I just had some yogurt as a snack and he loves yogurt so much that I let him lick the <laughs> yogurt container and it's probably one of the top 10 funniest things you'll ever see in your life. So I'll have to record that one day this week and send and put it, it to it you guys. <laughs> yeah. And just for a visual for people, like Rocky isn't just a lab because there are labs that are average sized dog. Rocky looks like the dog from the Sandlot where his head is twice the size of your head. Yeah. So, you know, I don't I don't know if people know this, but I sure didn't. Dogs can apparently get stomach bugs. And Valentine's week, Rocky was really sick. I mean, he just couldn't keep down any food he ate, was getting up in the middle of the night and getting sick. So we took him to the vet. Well, John really thinks Rocky is like 90 pounds and he tells people all the time. He's like, yeah, he's only 93 pounds. Okay. False. false. We had a, a rude awakening at the vet. Um, Rocky weighs 103 pounds. Oh and <laughs> so that's real fun. But, but yeah, if that gives you any example of how big he is and he thinks he's five pounds yeah he thinks he's a sweet little lab dog yeah so i love my little nephew yes or my not so little nephew (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's probably me in a nutshell um (laughs) can we talk a bit about your story and that you went back to your hometown after college and it's kind of a good transition from last week's episode with sam sam also grew up in a farm town which actually quick pause sam's family just bought a farm in their town and her parents were here visiting in florida last week and we were having dinner and they were talking about what they wanted to plant and so they were having someone come out in the next couple weeks to help them with that and at dinner i was like oh so did you give them soil samples so they know what to grow (laughs) and and they were like we did but why do you know about soil samples like didn't you live in new york i mean you grew up in north carolina kind of in the country but not really and and i was like oh my best friend actually married a farmer so now i know all these fun facts that's really funny because on my coffee table right now it's actually our soil sample report that we <laughs> all the things you didn't think you would learn but that's right. I love it. Okay, so anyway, so Sam left her farm town, moved to Fort Lauderdale, went and traveled and stuff, and then actually now is back. You decided to go back after college. You always knew you kind of wanted to raise a family and stuff in Edenton, but originally your plan wasn't necessarily to go there and stay immediately. Yeah, so I think that's really important, especially when we talk about empowering women and young women who may be trying to figure out their path to have stories where people had no idea what they were doing. And that was me. So I worked really hard in college. I was a pretty decent student involved in a lot of different things. And when I was done, I was done. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Hadn't really applied for jobs, had thought about, you know, going to grad 
school and, and where that would lead me in the future and decided that I wanted to move to the beach for the summer. So Edenton, for those of you who don't know, is about an hour from the Outer Banks and my family has a home in Nags Head. So I decided just to move down there for the summer. The previous summer, I'd lived down there and I'd done an internship and worked at a restaurant. And the restaurant owners were more than happy to have me back. So as I was down there, it's a really funny story. My mom actually met some neighbors in our in our neighborhood where our beach house was located. And one the guy was around my age and had actually gone to NC State with John. And so we, I kind of knew of John. He's from my town, but he's a little older. And so anyway, it kind of helped John and I connect. And John came down to the beach for a weekend to visit his friend. And we ended up just hitting it off. Um, so that was probably June of 2013. And we didn't graduate from Elon until Memorial Day weekend. So I had not been at the beach for long at all. So John and I started seeing each other. We would, you know, I would come home sometimes and he would come to the beach sometime, and then he ended up breaking his leg. So that kind of <laughs> threw a big kink in our plan. And at this time, I was studying for the, the GRE, and I was planning to go to grad school, and I was going to apply for a, a spring start at different schools. I've been looking around. I was looking at jobs in D.C. and New York because that's where my friends were. So that was kind of like a comfort zone for me, if you think of it that way. And when John broke his leg, I had to travel home all the time to see him. And at that point, we were really like trying to figure out our relationship and thought that we may have something that could, you know, be permanent and last. And I was sitting at home one day looking through the paper and I saw a classified ad for a receptionist. And so I just applied on a whim. It's a receptionist at a boat company. And I went in and interviewed and they ended up calling me and offered me a job as the personal assistant to the president, who was also a woman, which is really great. And I'll kind of talk about that in a little bit. But, you know, I knew that I didn't want to be a receptionist. And I just was I thought that John was worth sticking around for. And I was sick of coming back and forth from the beach and knew I needed a, a next step plan. So it kind of seemed like it would be a good fit for me at the time. And that's how I ended up in Edenton. And it worked because you know, I was there for John. My grandma ended up having a heart attack that February. So I was able to be home with my family during that time and to help my mom and my aunt take care of my grandma. And, you know, it, it was just right where I needed to be, even if I would have never thought it. And now you and John have this wonderful relationship, which I love. It's also just like the funniest relationship. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awkward. And I love it. I mean, I've, I've dated someone kind of seriously before John and, and he was a super great guy. But I've never had that, you know, awkwardness that I have with John that I think I kind of crave, which is sort of weird. (laughs) Your relationship reminds me a lot of young love, but like children. You guys bring out that innocence. Yeah. Children, but in the best way where you can enjoy life and have fun and really celebrate each other for where they are in their life at that point. And I love that when you went and took the receptionist role, you know, we had a lot of talks at the time of, well, this is just a temporary thing or it's to put you in a position where you could make money. So then you could study more for the GRE. And you kind of thought it was just a job to pick up. And that became a job that as an unconventional as it might seem from the path you ended up going and what you wanted to do, it actually gave you so much. It did. And and that's what's so interesting about it. I had a great two and a half years at that company and they spell, they sell sport fishing boats and are one of the top 10 sport fishing boat companies in the world. And you know, what do I know about fishing boats? I mean, I've been fishing. <laughs> I kind of like fishing. I don't know. And so I feel like I now know a lot about fishing boats too, yeah. which is weird. <laughs> so, you know, I had to, I was a, a big learning curve for me because not only was I the assistant to the president, but she was also the sales manager because when they're, when the recession hit, they let someone go and they had never found the right fit for that position. So she was acting in both roles. So I had so much responsibility as a 22, I guess I had just turned 22. So I was a 22 year old right out Mm -hmm. of college. This is my first job and I'm working in an industry that I know nothing about and have zero education that has prepared me to get to this point. (laughs) Yeah. You went to school and you studied exercise science. Yep, and I had a, a double majored in public health, and I was exercise science. So, you know, you don't exercise a lot in boat building. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some things in that role that 
you feel prepared you for where you went next? So my boss was very, very, very intelligent. And she was one of the only women in the industry of boat building and boat manufacturing. And she was highly praised for that. Her husband was the vice president and they could have just as easy, you know, made him the president and her the vice president. And they didn't. Mm -hmm. And I really respected that because as a, a young woman, you're you know, looking for those strong women mentors. And that's what she ended up becoming to me. So not only did I learn a lot about boats, but I learned a lot about business. And that was something that I never even really thought that I could be interested in. I learned a lot about sales and genuinely just working with people. But I'll tell you the most important lesson I learned. You know, she was, I wouldn't say hard to work for or hard to work with, but she had very high expectations. And at the time, it was very difficult for me to understand why she saw so much in me. And what that meant for me is that I had a lot of responsibilities and a lot of things on my plate, special projects, and it brought a lot of stress to my life. But as I look back on it, it prepared me to be the employee and the woman that I am today because I learned so much about myself. And in, in that, while I stopped believing in myself and started thinking that I couldn't achieve my work, she never felt that way. And so it's nice to look back now and see that she, you know, believed so much in me and how that helped me believe in myself. I love that. I didn't think this episode would, or, or direction, I didn't think this episode would go in, but I'm going to run with it. Is <laughs> this idea of the difference of working for men versus women. It's funny, I, you and me both throughout our whole career have actually worked for mostly women directly, which is funny because if someone were to ask me, who do you prefer to work with? Oddly enough, sometimes I would say, oh, definitely men. Yes, same. I'm in a male dominated industry, similar to you. You're always, you're usually in a male dominated industry, but just happen to work for women. And I always say there's so much less drama (laughs) business. I have more masculine energy. But I think it's so important as females and I think there's so much to learn from women and working from women and seeing how a female has to navigate their career Mm -hmm. versus men. So do you think that there are certain things that gain from working from females in each of your different jobs? And how that's helped you as a female. Yeah. So, you know, first at the boat company, she never let the fact that she was a female in a male dominated industry deter her from anything. She was leader. She was a leader on multiple different boards and committees. Um, She was actually during my time there, the president of the National Marine Manufacturers Association. And she was the first president, the first female president of that organization. So to me, it's just, you know, that, that women can do whatever they want to do just as men if they work hard and build that respect. And that's a lesson that I'll always take with me. And then now I also work in a male dominated industry in in healthcare and hospitals for a, a female boss. And she taught me a lot about how you can successfully do your job and be a mother. Mm. So important. Yeah. I think having those examples in life, it's so beneficial because you working for them, because you have at least one person, uh, one piece of representation, you also start to kind of forget that you're in a male-dominated industry. Like, it doesn't even occur to you that there could be setbacks because you already have these examples of people who have made it work. Right. And I've never, because of her, I think I have a lot of confidence that I'm a female and that I can do my job just as well as a male. So, you know, that's, that's really important in today's world and how culture is shifting and business to know that we can do things just as good as the boys can. Yeah, we can. (laughs) (laughs) So you worked in that role for two and a half years, gained so much experience. We're fortunate enough to have a phenomenal female mentor in your boss. Where did you go next? Where are you now? So, I actually, where I went next and where I'm now is different. So, <laughs> a little different. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's been crazy. I always wanted a job in public health. And I was getting to the point at, in the boat industry where I knew that it wasn't helping me reach my goals and to, you know, maximize that passion I had for helping others and for public health. So, in September of 20, I guess in July of 2015, my granddad was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And I really had a come to Jesus moment, I guess is what my mom would call it, 
where I decided (laughs) that what I was doing wasn't what I wanted to do. And it wasn't helping me get anywhere closer to where I wanted to be in life. So I applied for graduate school into the Master's of Public Health program at ECU. Um, And at the same time, um, right after my granddad had passed in September, a position came open with our local hospital, and it was for community health. So in this role, I I ended up quitting my job blind, was just going to go to graduate (laughs) school, and I felt like everything would be okay. And at this time, John and I had been together for two years. You know, we had a really strong relationship, and I had a really great support system here. So I quit, was going to go to graduate school full time. This application process became available for the job that I had recently had in community health at our local hospital. And I applied. And so in December of that year, my last day at my old job, I actually accepted an offer to start this job at the hospital and community health. And it was a really great step for me in figuring out what my actual passions are within the public health realm and how I can get to my end goal. So that's what I've been doing for the last two years. And then recently I've had, I've actually I interviewed for a job and turned it down and we can talk about that too. (laughs) But I, I, this, I waited and a job became available kind of doing marketing and community outreach and at our local health department and our local health department covers seven counties. So it's a powerhouse of a public health agency. And I'm really excited for the opportunity and that someone saw some, something in me that I may have not seen to myself and um, gave me this opportunity. Is there a traditional path? in public health versus the one you've been taking and continue to take? Yeah, so I think there's a lot of different paths in public health. And I think that public health is a very broad term. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's actually getting even broader as we discuss in the healthcare industry, the idea of population health and making sure mm-hmm. the whole population has access to quality health care and able to live that healthy life. But traditional public health, if you think about a, a health department setting, you have your health educators, you have environmental health, there's grant programs, there's, you know, public health nurses who do immunizations and see patients on well visits, there's WIC with nutrition. So I don't think that there's a traditional path in public health, especially in rural North Carolina, where there may not be a lot of opportunity. So I think you just kind of have to figure out what you enjoy and kind of go with it from there. Are there times where you feel like I really should be taking this step to get to whatever that next level might be? Yeah. So actually I'll talk about the job I recently was offered and turned down after I accepted it the first time, which is not very good. But, um, you know, you always have an idea of how you're going to reach your goal. And to me, my goal was to be on some sort of leadership team in a leadership capacity within a public health agency, preferably the health department for me personally. And I always thought that I would get there through environmental health. As I've done my public health career and education, I'd was it was quick for me to decide that health education was not for me and I really love the aspects of environmental health so much so that I actually am picking up a second master's in environmental health and public health (laughs) so you know no big deal yeah no so it seems like a natural fit for me and so I found an environmental health position at a local health department around here a different one that I'm going to work for now actually And I applied and ended up being offered the job. And I was so excited because these opportunities do not come around very often. And I accepted the job, told my employer everything was good. And then I kind of panicked. And I realized that although this is how I thought that my life would look and how I thought that I would reach my dreams, I'm not sure if this was the right time or how I actually needed to reach my dreams. Um, You know, to me, while I love environmental health, it's also just, it was kind of like a, a vehicle to get me to the future and to where I really wanted Mm -hmm. to be. So that was kind of a hard hit. I didn't really know what to do and what my next steps were, but I just had this sinking feeling that if I took that job right now, I would either not finish school like I needed to do. And like I've worked so hard for, or I would miss something bigger And I think that was God protecting me. You know, we talk about that a lot in the Christian faith that like, you know, when you're told no or when a door closes, it's because God's protecting you from something or that there's something better that's coming around the corner for you. So 
I had to keep that faith as I was making those hard decisions. And, and it worked out because this, the new job that I've gotten, <laughs> you know, is sort of closer to my end goal without that environmental health piece that I imagined for so long. So I think there's so many different ways to be involved in public health and to, to get to a leadership type position and everybody's path looks different. And for me, the path that I had for myself is different than the path I'm actually going to take now. So um, just, you know, adapting to those things as you, as you learn and figure out who you are. Yeah. Letting yourself, letting your dreams kind of evolve, even if your end goal is still the same, the same, giving yourself the grace to say how I get there doesn't really matter. And it's right. okay if I see a different opportunity that still gets me there. Yeah, for sure. And I think like, it's so hard for us as women, or especially for me, and I know a lot of people are are the same, that we plan everything. So we've thought about our children and our wedding and all kinds of things in our lives, our career, and what that's going to look like. And I think sometimes it takes a huge leap of faith to separate your ideals and what you thought was going to happen and, you know, accept what's really going to happen and how you're really going to reach that goal. And so I think once you realize that you're strong enough to do that and you're strong enough to make that decision and that regardless of how you get to your end goal and what path you take, that as long as you're choosing the path of happiness, you're going to get success in some form. Exactly. And as long as you're happy, then the friendships and the relationships that you've built around you will also be happy and supportive. Like no, no one wants, you know, with John, John does not want to be married to a miserable (laughs) wife just because she feels like she has this obligation to her family. And, you know, I'll be honest, that's something that I've really, it's really helped me is I've had great relationships and a great support system throughout all of my life and all of these hard career decisions. And, and I don't think you can get by without them. No way. Not even, not even close. That's kind of a great transition, actually. How do you keep those support systems and continue to build them now that you're out of college, been out of college for five years, mm-hmm. and you moved back into your hometown, which I actually think some people, though I don't think this is true, I think some people probably have the perception of, well, if you move back home, it's actually easier to have those relationships and maintain it because you're going back into what you know. Yeah, so I kind of disagree with that from experience. (laughs) I've always heard in life that you either find your best friends in high school or you find your best friends in college. And for John, a lot of his best friends are from his high school age and they went to college together. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he has a very different outlook on relationships and friendships than I do. But, you know, when I came back, no one that I was friends with before was still here. Not a Mm -hmm. single person. I mean, there were some acquaintances and I had a a good family friend who is one of my oldest friends who lives, you know, 20 minutes away, but she still doesn't live here. So for me, you know, keeping in contact with my friends from college was so important because they helped offer those support systems and they were there and we were all going through fun and interesting changes in life. So we kind of knew where each other were and, um, you know, making sure that you text back and respect those people and you know, keep up those friendships was very important. Yeah, I remember, uh, like, I'll never forget this to the day that I think I was probably eight or nine years old. I was sitting in the car with my grandfather. I think I was telling him of my best friend at the time. And I actually think I was probably talking about cats. So this is why the story is funny. And I was like, (laughs) oh, this is our plans. And and when we're older, we're going to do this. And she wants to move here and blah, blah, blah. And I remember him looking at me in the rearview mirror and saying, Caitlin, your best friends when you're little are not your best friends when you're older. People grow apart. They go away. And I remember being like eight-year-old girl, like, what the F? <laughs> like, of course not. No, we're going to be, you know, best friends forever. And, and now that I'm older, obviously, she is still in my life. But other people have come and go. But I think two things came out of that. It made me obsessive about how I keep in contact with Mm -hmm. friends and you know it almost set me on this mission of like well I'm gonna show you I'm gonna keep all my friends once I call you a friend you're mine forever and I'm gonna keep in touch with you and I'm gonna support you and I'm gonna follow up with you 
But at the same time, it also kind of made me think, well, I can create friends later in life because that's really sad if you're going to if you continue to evolve and grow in life and you're not willing to bring new people into it. Right. So like, what is the old saying? Um, You either have friends for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Yep. So, I mean, it's important to, to capitalize on those relationships at any point of life and to make new friends and to keep relationships with the old. But I mean, friendship's an effort, right? I mean, huge effort. You can't say that friendship isn't an effort. I mean, any relationship is. And if you think about a friend as you would a significant other, so, you know, if you really like this guy, are you going to stop texting him? Are you going to stop answering (laughs) the phone when he calls? I doubt it. I really seriously doubt it. And you should kind of have the same mindset with a friend. You know, you can't expect them to do all the work in the relationship and you can't foster those relationships if you're not communicating. And realizing, too, that there will be seasons in any relationship where you feel like you're giving more and you're able to give more. And then there'll be seasons where you feel like you can't give that much more. But then it's reciprocated back to you. Well, and and the thing about that is honesty and grace. And if somebody Mm -hmm. can honestly say, you know, you know how much I love you, you know how much I appreciate your friendship, and I have blah, blah, blah going on right now. You know, they're able to give you some grace in that relationship to say, I support you however that is. And if that means that you can't talk to me for two weeks until you finish this deadline, then I'll be here in two weeks. And I'll be thinking about you and praying for you and, you know, supporting you on your journey anyway during that time. Oh, I love our little friends. (laughs) (laughs) Our little friends. When we were in college, someone, I don't, I don't know who ultimately started this, but it kind of evolved. Our little crew was called the Yaya's. And I think it actually came out of a joke because we were one always together and two senior year when everyone else was going to Miami for spring break, we were like, we're going to go on a cruise. (laughs) (laughs) And we picked Norwegian cruise lines, which if you have never gone on Norwegian cruise line, it's a retiree cruise line of the United States. It was was like us and three high school kids with their parents. (laughs) And then. And 800 grandparents. (laughs) And it was so funny. It was the, one of the best trips of my life. And, but, we, you know, we were called this, we were called the Yaya's because we were kind of like these old lady souls who just, no matter what happened in life, we were committed that we were going to ride out every season. We were always going to be there for each other. And I think you and I, because we're like each other's person, we're probably obsessively in contact all the time. But The rest of the yayas, you know, we can go a few months without talking to each other. But the minute that someone really needs it, it's like, all right, all hands on deck. We're all here. Well, speaking of us being obsessed with each other, um, (laughs) Caitlin, before she decided to go on remote year, had a Samsung phone or an Android of some sort. She did not have an iPhone. And so for one year, year. I was looking at my video one day and um, Caitlin and I sent over 90 messages to each other in a day (laughs) in a work day this is a work day we're not talking about a Saturday that we're bored because you know when when you actually have to text and it's not an iMessage you can see that on your bill okay 90 text messages in one day so (laughs) and that was the average (laughs) yeah so that's um you know if you want to talk about aggressive friendship there you go but you know I think (laughs) We've grown together as friends and we've learned to respect each other and to tell each other how it is. And that's so important. But it's also important to have friends at those different seasons in life because, you know, the importance is that they know you and they know Mm -hmm. you from different scenarios, which kind of helps you be the best you. Two of my best friends have been my best friends since I was born. One of them is 11 months older than me and one of them is six months younger than me. So I'm the middle of two girls and or three girls and our families are best friends. And we've chosen as adults that because of those, those forced friendships as children, that Mm -hmm. we actually really care about each other and we choose to stay together. And anytime any of us needs it, even if we don't talk because we're spread out now, we don't all live here. You know, we're always there and we always can pick back up where we left off and, and it's, it's nice. And, And those friendships are cherished. You know, you don't, a lot of people don't have that anymore. But, you know, that friendship, while that one may be really cherished to me, so is those that I met in college. So is the yayas and other people. And as are those that I've, like, started to grow close to today. Yeah, like the friendships that you make through work. Yeah, through work. 
And that's so important because, you know, people that you work with, it's kind of like you're in the trenches together. So you know exactly. <laughs> you're going to war together every yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. So you know exactly what's going on in the workplace and, you know, you kind of can do it together. And I've been really fortunate everywhere that I've worked that I've made great friends. And, um, you know, as I get ready to transition next week into my new job, I actually think about that a lot because, um, it, you know, it's hard to put yourself out there as an adult, especially mm-hmm. in an already established work environment. And I've got, I've been just so fortunate to have friends in the workplace my whole life. And, and it's been, you know, something that I can't imagine those environments without and you know trying to to make new relationships is always so scary especially when you have established you know relationships elsewhere and that's part of why you know Caitlin said earlier that somebody we had friends that were the same friends for our whole first semester of freshman year of college and we refused to meet each other which is so (laughs) stupid if you think about it I mean like how dumb is that but, you know, we both... And I don't even remember the reason why. Like, I literally think we were just like, no, I we're too enough... busy. Yeah, I have enough friends. Like, Yeah, and you should never be that way. No. I think it's so important, too, to have friends, not only at different stages of your life, but from different pieces of your life. So you need work friends. You yeah. need friends who go, who, who have known you through so many seasons of your life, you know, who have seen you grow. You need friends that you meet on vacation, you know, you have them for the week. I think you were saying you and John, when you were on your honeymoon, you met a couple while you're there. Yeah, we did. So, you know, we're in St. Lucia and all inclusive and it's really great. And we're really over each other because we've spent, you know, (laughs) time with just us for how many days. And and while that's great as a honeymoon, it's also nice to interact with other people. And we were able (laughs) to find, you know, two or three couples who were in similar scenarios to us in our similar age bracket. And it was really fun to sit on the beach with them, play games, you know, chat, get to know each other. And then at night, John and I could go do our own thing. And and we still had a nice, you know, relationship with these people during the time we were there. And some of them we follow on social media and we still get to see. And, and you know, that's it's really cool to see how people's paths cross. And I think that's so important about friends in different seasons or in different places of life. Because, you know, if I'm thinking about it right now, I have my friends from childhood I have one really good friend from high school that I'm still close with I have the yayas and some girls from college that I'm good friends with and then I've met new friends as I've you know been able to grow in my time here at Edenton and some are wives of John's friends and some are those that we just met randomly they were new to the area and we my mom met a couple that are our friends at a bar and she was like Liza, you have to friend her on Facebook because she's going to be a great friend to you. Phoebe brings you to all your people in your life. I know. It's crazy. And I don't don't appreciate it as much as I should. So, you know, um, and and those relationships are also different because they've walked with me through different seasons. So, you know, while my relationship with my newer friends is fun because we're still building and getting to know each other for who we really are, my relationship with some of my older friends – you don't really have to try to Uh-oh. tell them who you are. They know who you are. And so it's, it's you know, different. But it's it goes back to that effort. And you have to put yep. an effort in for any relationship, especially new friendships or new relationships. And when you do, you're rewarded so highly. Well, and something you said, and I think this is the biggest key word of what you said when you were describing your relationships from your childhood, is that you choose each other every just like your significant other just like uh I mean even honestly just like with family you choose to show up and love each other every day in whatever way works best for that friendship but that relates to like you can choose to make new friends make the decision and put yourself in scenarios where you can meet the women who are like you who are doing things like you who have who have similar dreams as you because you're not going to get anywhere and you're not going to be successful if you don't have those people surrounding you. Yeah. And, you know, you talked about earlier, was it easier to make friends or to fall into a group of friends in a place that I'd known my whole life? And my answer to that was no, but you know what? I think it could be just as easy or just as hard anywhere you go. Mm -hmm. And I think you just have to be willing to put yourself out there and take that risk. 
And it's just, I mean, it's with anything. I mean, with a job, a, a life path, a goal, friendship. If you're willing to take the risk, you will be rewarded. Totally agree. When I first moved to New York, you remember these conversations a lot. Uh, truly, for probably the first two, at least two years, <laughs> solid two years, I struggled so hard with friendships. I uh, My first roommate was a girl who we had gone to college with who uh, kind of knew, like did similar things, but not really well. And she moved up to New York and had this amazing group of girlfriends. Eight of her girlfriends had all moved to New York together. So, and we had a great roommate relationship. And so I would hang out with some of them, but they weren't really my people. Like they were lovely and fun, but I didn't really connect with any of them individually. Then I knew a few other people from college who were in the city. So that became kind of this weird fallback for me where it's like, well, I have these people that I kind of know, so I can just go out with them. But at the same time, I was complaining that it was so hard to meet people in this city of like, you know, multi-millions of people um, that I couldn't find anyone I connected with. And the reality is, is those first few years, I never once tried to make any new friends. I didn't join any organizations. I didn't sign up for anything. I didn't push myself to show up somewhere. But the minute that I did, literally the first day that I did something different, I met two of my closest friends that, you know, three years later are still in my life. Yeah. And, you know, I have that similar experiences to, you know, staying in my hometown because before I met John, I was ready to move, as I said, to New York, Mm -hmm. D.C. because my friends lived there. Yep. I never thought that I could make new friends wherever I was. I was stuck in that comfort zone, that rut of these are my friends and these are my people. And I've worked so hard to build these relationships. So why would I not move to closer to them so I could be with them? And that's a hard transition from college where you're with someone all the time, living with them. Um, you eat dinner with them, you walk to class or whatever, <laughs> and then you never see them once or twice a year when you make an effort to. So um, I think for me, it was really important to put get out of my comfort zone and not just say, because this person has never been my friend, I can't be their friend now. Yeah. And recognizing, like, sometimes we have to humble ourselves a bit too, right? Like, oh gosh, yes. We're, <laughs> we are not the only people who want friends no when we're there moping and we're saying it's so hard to make friends as adults I don't know how to connect with anyone da, 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 da. everyone else has friends that is a load of baloney it because is because everyone else is in the same position everyone else just wants you to say hello to them and ask them how their day was and invite yeah. them to sit at your table yeah I recently saw um, a girl post on Facebook and she was saying, you know, she she's a stay-at-home mom. She has, um, an, and I guess she's a toddler now, and then some older children who are school age. But she was talking about how, you know, does anybody ever just feel that they don't have friends or that their friends are you know, busy all the mm-hmm. time and they can't hang out? And she's like, I just want, you know, is there anybody out there that would just want to go to dinner or just, you know, a movie or hang out or do something? Because... We need, we all need that support and it's, nobody is ever willing to put themselves out there and say, Mm -hmm. yeah, this is missing in my life and I really need it until you see other people who are, but somebody has to make that first move and why not let it be you? Yeah. Why not you? Because the reality that no one else feels the same way is just so unlikely. Yeah. Like I always, I always say there are 6 billion people in this world you are a unique child of God, but you're not that special. Like, yeah. there, there are still other people on this earth that feel the same way as you. And that's kind of what connects and unites us. Unites us. Well, and if you think about it, this is not a new concept. You know, no. although we may have had friends since preschool and we don't remember how we became their friend. At some point, we all both still had to put ourselves out there to to have that friend. And we don't remember that and that's fine because it was years and years and years ago, but we've been doing this for ages. Yeah. And it's not that hard. You know, that's a good point. When we were little, how did we make friends? We probably, we liked something that they were wearing or maybe we both liked 
to color together or who knows there was a mean boy in the playground and you teamed up against each other you know or whatever maybe we it even is fall over the same toy and decide yeah. that we both liked it so we could both play with it together you're in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s or even later in life those same things that helped you make friends when you were little at the core are the same things that bond you as adults yeah and so interestingly enough um you know caitlin and i we discovered the other night that we were reading the same book and we were at almost (laughs) the exact same spot in the book when we discovered that and um it's it's really funny we had no idea completely caught us off guard (laughs) and made us realize you know this is why we're friends but (laughs) it's called girl wash your face and it's by an author named rachel hollis and she goes through all these lies that we tell ourselves as as women that help that you know cultivate our lives and how if we stop Mm -hmm. believing these lies we could be you know better people well one of her chapters that i recently read was about judgment and how we're so Mm -hmm. busy judging other people that we don't take time to figure out their story and can you think about that in friendship like if we stopped judging everybody we saw on the street and and actually took time to be their friend or to to get to know them how many friends do you really think you could have but here we are human nature so if you're you know saying her child's crying in the grocery store probably don't want to be her friend you know um she doesn't look like she has anything in common with me i don't wear that brand of clothes probably can't be her friend and it's just a, a big lie why mm-hmm. do we do or that to ourselves she's at a different point in her life we'll never get along forgetting that probably the very thing you're judging her for is one a reflection of something you've probably judged yourself for like something you've always feared and two might be the very reason why she needs a friend yeah you know why you need a friend mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and what would bond you two together yeah that book is phenomenal i'm i told you this last night but there are sometimes when you read books where you read them so quickly and then about halfway through you freak out because you realize it's going to end but you love it so much, so you have to, like, <laughs> slow yourself down. <laughs> That's the stage that I'm at with this book. But highly recommend it to anyone who ever finds themselves caught in these lies of, I should be more put together than this. I, I'm i not a good friend. Um, I'm not good at dating. I Whatever. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, or I can't, I can't. Whatever that lie might be. Every chapter of this book is a different lie that she herself has told herself and then how she's overcome that. And it's also just hilarious. Like yeah. The stories I find are so relatable. Yeah, I agree completely. So, you know, I think it's important to keep your options. I don't want to say keep your options open. Like, <laughs> you know, we can't Sounds commit like you're over here. Yeah. Can't commit to friendship. <laughs> yeah, but, you know get to know people get to learn people and figure out how you can love them and how they can fit into your life because Mm -hmm. they may not be the lifelong best friend that you think that you want but they they're your they could be your friend for a specific reason they could be put in your life to teach you a lesson they could be put in your life you know during a difficult moment that you need support or you know vice versa if they need support and you can offer it to them so you know like build that community take every opportunity to meet new people and to open yourself up to new relationships and and just you know build each other up because as women we don't do that enough not at all all righty well we are wrapping up on time and i know that you have fun plans for the rest of the day so I want to wrap up, but really quickly, we'll do our rapid fire round, which we do on every episode. So number one, you know what's coming in celebrating not just the big things that we have in our life, but recognizing that there's small wins that we get every single day. What are three small wins you had this past week? Um, I was super productive in getting things done to wrap up my, my current job to switch to my new one. It was spring break, so while that's not really in my control, I consider that a huge win. <laughs> and let's see, something else. I Someone that I know had a baby and I got to hold Ooh. it and it super made my week. And it, he's so cute. He is. I don't even know this woman, but I really love her baby. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. And then I know you're starting your new role this week, but what is one thing that you want to accomplish this week? So I've been really, I keep seeing this meme over and over and over and over <laughs> again. And I think it's like God telling me something. And it says that if someone wants to talk to you, they will always text you back. And I'm so bad at texting people back. And it's not because I don't want to talk to them. It's because <laughs> I'm so easily distracted and I go at a hundred miles a minute. So this week I really want to focus on not ignoring those messages or not trying to push it off till later and just making sure that everybody feels that their friendship and in relationship with me is important because it is, even if I don't show it. Yeah, that's a good one. Continue to choose them. Yeah. (laughs) All right. And then to wrap it up, what is one quote that you are living by right now? Um, mine is probably a Bible verse right now. And it's one eighteen six. the Lord is on my side. I will not fear because I think with, with my Mm. stage in life right now, and it can be related to friendship or anything. Sometimes we have a tendency to have that extra anxiety just because of the unknown. And so understanding that you have faith and and you're a Christian, that if you pray and and believe that God's with you, he's never going to let you down. I love that one of the things that I don't know why it just keeps popping into my head like every hour of the day which again must mean that God is sending me a message is very is very similar and it's that God has perfect timing always not sometimes not when it's convenient for him not only one area of your life but every single piece of your day he has perfect timing. And if that's the case, then it's all gonna, it'll all work out even in your tough seasons. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, if you think about life, an example of a seed, um, seeds have to spend that dormant time underground to be able to grow. So instead of thinking that, you know, something's not working out for you right now, like thinking about it as your growing season is always Mm -hmm. something that helps me, you know, get to that, to that place of bloom. I love that. And the perfect ending for a farmer's wife. Yeah, I'd be so proud. <laughs> All right, Chicky. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Uncharted podcast and giving us cool insight into your life. I'm really excited for your next stage. Thank you. And uh, just sharing all your tips and just being real about friendship and how hard it can be, but also how important it really is in our lives. Yeah, we'd be lying to ourselves if we said it wasn't difficult at times yeah. or that we weren't difficult. So, you know. <laughs> Difficult human beings. <laughs> That's right. All right, Chicky. Well, have a phenomenal rest of your day. You too. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you. And to everyone else, go out and have a phenomenal week. We are out. Bye. Hey gang, one last quick request for me today. If you have been listening to the Uncharted podcast, sharing it with your friends, talking about it with your loved ones, first of all, I just want to say thank you. The mission behind the Uncharted podcast could not go as far without any of you. And for that, I am eternally grateful. If you are loving it or you have feedback about what you'd like to see more of, please do me a favor and hit the rating in the iTunes app or whatever app you are using and drop us a comment about what you love. These ratings help us to reach more people and to do cooler things down the road. Thanks so much. Bye.